Real Golf Radio. It's a reround now on the tee. Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. Brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen. Protecting the rights of you and your loved ones. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio. All right, welcome into the Mountain Land Supply Hour of Real Golf Radio. Mountain Land Supply is your turf specialist with rainbird sprinklers, controllers, drip irrigation, and everything you need to irrigate your lawn like the pros. Go to mountainlandsupply.com, and I am headed over there, Bob. I am going to sit down. They've got some technicians there, and did you know they can actually walk me through on an app and, and actually lay out my, how my sprinklers need to go? I put a fence in a couple years ago. Well, it's been five years ago now. And I didn't reroute my sprinklers. I've been trying to just compensate, and it's uh-huh. causing me some problems. So they're going to help me reroute it, make sure my heads are good, which I know I need to replace some, and get optimal coverage so I don't have to go out there and hand water all summer or worry about burnout spots. I, I love that. So I'm excited to, to check that out, and you can find the closest Mountain Land Supply to you by going to mountainlandsupply.com. Let's get into some of the... Uh, news and notes this week in, in the game of golf. Again, match play would normally be happening this week. We'd be down to uh, into the semifinals and finals on a Saturday, Sunday, but um, that's not happening, of course. Everything's been canceled or postponed. And so uh, what are, what's the latest in postponements, Bob? Well, you know, everything's postponed until it looks like uh, right now Colony is slated as the next tour event, which, of course, is in Fort Worth, Fort Worth Texas. Um, how far away is that though? In May? What? That's in May. Yeah. 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 That would be in May after, uh, the Byron Nelson. Mm. Um, but, uh, it looks like the avian masters on the LPGA tour is going to be rescheduled for the Olympic dates because the Olympics have been postponed for a year. Um, also the USGA has not made a decision yet as far as the U.S. Open is concerned, but reports are out that uh, they're they're thinking maybe later in the summer. And so uh, they, I guess they have uh, let um, the, you know, the event know that, uh, that it's going to be, it's going to be pushed back a little bit there at Wingfoot. Um, then we've got, uh, let me see, the drive, chip, and putt with, uh, with the Masters. Um Drive, chip, and putt is traditionally held on the Sunday before the the golf tournament, and that has been pushed back and rescheduled for 2021. And they've decided to uh, not have any qualifying for 2021. That all that were um, that made it to for this year's would would be allowed to to do it next year. So, so the first shoe is dropped there, and yes. so when you look at it, and you say, okay, are we going to reap? Are we going to have a Masters in the fall, for instance? You start looking at well, what what normally happens is you have drive, you have the the women. Well, as of last year, they started the women's amateur that uh-huh, takes the place week the week before, and the finals end on Saturday before Masters Week, and then Sunday before Masters Week, you have the drive, chip, and putt finals, and then of course it's Masters Week. Well, at least to this point in time, the the drive, chip, and putt finals on Sunday are canceled uh, or postponed. They're that they're also being careful not to call it canceled. They're putting it postponed, which has other implications as far as those yes. that have housing, which I find kind yes. of interesting. Um, the, the the second part of that is if the Sunday before is canceled, then what? Why would we think the Saturday before would still go on with the women's? Okay, okay. My thoughts are this: um, for the women's, um, it's easier for them. To continue to hold that event as far as the Augusta National Women's Amateur is concerned because uh, the women players will be playing collegiately and that kind of thing. Um, They can get new 
they can have new qualifyings or invite new new members to play in it the following year. So my thought is maybe they're they're not going to uh, upset that one at all. And the thing about the drive, chip, and putt is that's a big old long qualifying series that takes place almost a year in advance. Mm-hmm. And and for them to to hold it in October and then turn around and try to hold it again in April, it's too short of a period of time. So I think that's probably why they discouraged it. All and right. uh, So you don't, down. you don't necessarily look at this as the Masters is the next thing to be canceled, the women's amateur uh, and the Masters. I'm eternally optimistic. Okay. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's hold out for a potential fall Masters then in That's Bob's right. mind. I, hey, look, I, I, I don't fault you for that. I want to remain optimistic as well because the idea of a year without a Masters is kind of a crappy one. So, Oh, uh, I agree. Yeah, so we'll see how it all shakes out. But um, that that's kind of the latest news and notes. we got a good show for you coming up here on Real Golf Radio, the Mountain Land Supply Hour of, of Real Golf Radio. We, we had a good first couple of hours. And as we mentioned, while we're not talking about the match play this weekend, we're not talking about current players form we are have an opportunity to catch up with some some folks around the golf world and those that are normally on the road traveling working playing doing what what have you they are down they have they have time they have time to chat and so we we felt like the best strategy for our show is to really reach out to these people and sit down invite them into our clubhouse as we mentioned last week and talk to them and, and hear more about their story. What are they doing? A little more insight on, on their world when they have this downtime to, to reflect on some of those things rather than just hitting current issues. So uh, that's what we did this week with Tom Lehman, who won the 96 British Open Championship for his first and only major on the regular tour. And then, of course, he capped in the Ryder Cup in 2006 in Ireland. That was really a tough one. That was the Darren Clark year, and it felt like the U.S. really never had a chance. But he also participated and led the charge on Sunday at Brookline in 1999 when the U.S. came back in record fashion to win the Ryder Cup there. So he shares some stories that I hadn't heard before, and and it was great to visit with him. Yeah, Yeah, really cool ones. I agree. So we're going to replay that for you. So you hear Tom Lehman coming up here in just a couple of moments. And then Johnny Thompson is the, he's been a tour rep for Callaway golf for 10 years out on the PGA tour, spent a few years previously out on some of the other tours as well. But, you know, I think for most of us, if we're out there and we love golf, we're thinking, you know what, being a tour rep probably is one of the coolest jobs. If I can't be a tour player myself, or maybe possibly a caddy, because that gets me inside the ropes with the tour player, then being a tour rep is probably right there. You know, you get to handle all the new gear, you get to fit the best players, you get to be around all the tour stops. There's a lot of cool stuff about that. So we thought, hey, let's talk to one of the tour reps and give us a day in the life, a week in the life, or what it's like in your journey to becoming a tour rep uh, for yeah. a major brand. And and that's what we had done with Johnny Thompson. So you hear from Johnny. It's a two-part interview with him following uh, our conversation with Tom Lehman. So I, and, and Bob, you, you went down that road and pretty similar pass, huh? Yeah, it's pretty fun. Um, I I totally enjoyed the opportunity. I worked for two different companies for a total of about four or five years, and uh, worked on the regular tour and also on the champ on the Champions Tour at the time, which is now the PGA Tour Champions. So um, yeah, it was it was it was great great to be able to work with those players and to be able to work with other guys for with other companies and um, create some friendships. It was awesome. Yeah, really, really neat stuff. So, all right, well, let's get right to it then. As we promised, had a chance to catch up with Tom Lehman. It's brought to you in part by Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Here's Tom. Tom, how are you? Hey, guys. Good to have you. First of all, how are you? How are you handling the uh, the new changes and the no golf? Yeah. 
Well, I know a lot of practice, which is uh, maybe that's a good thing. Heaven knows uh, I need to work on my short game, so it's what opportunity is it to uh, to kind of sharpen that up, and I'm hopefully using the time wisely. So you're in Arizona. Uh, you guys are still able to get out and play a little golf? We are, actually. As we speak, my son Thomas and I and my three-month-old granddaughter are on the back nine for just kind of wrapping up the 18th hole and uh, going to go home and have some dinner. So, like you say, there's that silver lining in every cloud, and it's, you know the silver lining is way more family time, you know, which I really like. Yeah, no doubt about it. Tom, you know, you've had a great career. You've had an opportunity to play um, in major championships, win a major championship, Ryder Cups, that kind of thing. How did you get started in the game of golf? Oh, I would imagine like a lot of people, probably most most people, my dad uh, got me going. He, you know, avid golfer, he worked really hard at the game, was in love with the game, you know, had a real passion for it. Uh, and that passion, you know, fueled my passion. You know, I started just as a ball shagger and then a caddy. And then uh, once I had enough of doing that, I, you know, it's give me my own clubs and my own ball and let me take a crack at it. I was probably about fifth grade. And, and, uh, you know, so from that point on, it was uh, full speed ahead playing golf, you know, but being from Minnesota was three or four sports every year. You know, I was, you know, it was about a three month a year golfer until I finished high school. Did it click to you right away? Like in, as a fifth grader, like you said, did it just come naturally to you? I always had the ability to hit a golf ball better than, you know, really all of friends. I mean, I don't think there's ever a time uh, until I got onto the PGA tour where I felt like there was anybody who hit the ball better. I mean, you know, you junior golf, amateur golf, college golf. I always felt like the people that I played against, I hit the ball better than anybody from the beginning and um, just have a natural gift to kind of doing it. Um, you know, in a little bit of a quirky way. I mean, my swing is not a, a, a classic swing by any means, but, but there's some things that I do and, and, and it's really repeatable. So, you know, from the early on, I just try to hit a big hook, I think, uh, I think you're aware of that shot, uh, hitting mm-hmm. a hook. So uh, um, every shot I hit, I hooked, no matter if it was a wedge or a driver or even a putt. You know, so I just uh, got really good at hooking. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, it used to be, Tom, that there was a time when it felt like everyone tried to position themselves in a particular, like there was a one correct way to swing a golf club. And it's kind of shifted from that now. And, and there was an interesting article by Brandel Chambly about that recently, about how it's it, people are owning it, the Matthew Wolfs and the and those that are just doing things their own way. And that's becoming more and more acceptable. Uh, do you have a school of thought one way or the other on that? Well, I, I think that all that really matters is where are you at impact? I mean, it, you know, are you, are you, it's like Bob Torrance, uh, Sam Torrance's father, the light Bob Torrance would say, you can do nine things wrong, but if you get the one thing right, you can be a heck of a player. If you do nine things right, but get the one thing wrong, you're going to be terrible. Mm. You know, so the, all that really matters is the strike. You know, how do you, where are you at the bottom at the ball? And um, I think that's, you know, you, you mentioned Matthew Wolf. I mean, I played with him at the 3M last year and, and he certainly does it his own way, you know, yep. and, uh, and to try to change that would be, you would ruin the guy. Um, you know, and so I think more than anything, and we've talked about this a lot lately with some of the guys that I know and younger players, especially is, is more than anything, you have to know what you do, right. You have to know what it is that makes your swing work, you know, to, to not understand why your swing works. Um, you're, you're setting yourself up to let somebody change the one thing maybe that you do well. So um, once you kind of know what makes it work, uh, you, you'll never be inclined to change that. And uh, I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle. And maybe that's why these young guys 
you know, are so willing to be um, a little bit different is that they understand what makes it work. You know, you, you mentioned some things uh, there that you never felt like anybody hit the ball better than you did um, going up through high school and college and junior golf and act, actually that that kind of thing. When when did you or how long did it take you to get from college golf out onto the PGA Tour? Well, it, it didn't take long to get on the tour. It took a long time to actually be good enough to stick with the tour. I, I finished college and then I got my tour card immediately. And then I lost it after a year, requalified, lost it, requalified, and then lost it uh, for like seven or eight years. You know, so I was good enough to actually get my car, but I wasn't good enough to be a successful tour player. Uh, so it took, you know, quite a while to learn to trust my game and to, you know, let my confidence level, you know, kind of grow to the point where actually my game probably was. I think my game was good enough, but I didn't have the confidence I needed to, uh, to trust that game. So, you know, that was the process. Tom Lehman joining us here on Real Golf Radio. A couple of things that stand out to me, of course, is, you know, Royal Lytham and St. Anne's 1996 Open Championship and, and then the Country Club of Brookline, the 99 Ryder Cup. Um, you know, we, we were fortunate. We just started this show in 1999. That was the, the our first year on the air, and it's been 21 years now. Uh, but I remember having you on the show right after that Ryder Cup, and, and it just gives me goosebumps even thinking back on it. But when you think of those two moments, do they stand out for you? Uh, the way that they do for me thinking about your career and what you're involved in. Uh, yeah, I think for different reasons too. The, uh, you know, the, the British open, I, I had been really close in several majors leading up to that. So it just felt like it was a matter of time. And, uh, you know, so the, the winning that was, um, validation, you know, a validation of the hard work, a validation of uh, believing that I was good enough to win and, and then actually proving it and doing it and, um, so I would say it was no surprise to me, but it just it, it certainly felt good to prove that I was capable. Um, the, the Ryder cup, now that was a whole different animal that, you know, being a, a team, a team event and growing up playing team sports, you know, there really still is n- nothing like, um, doing something, you know, significant or achieving something monumental uh, as a team where you can share it all together. And I think that was, the special part of that Ryder cup team was, is, you know, at the time, the biggest comeback in the history of the Ryder cup to do it in, in Boston that, you know, with the fans that they have there and with a group of guys that we had, if we go back and look at that team, it was quite a team, you know, Payne Stewart was on that team. and Tiger was on the team, Phil Duvall, you know, the list goes on Davis love, Hal Sutton. I mean, we had, we had quite a team, uh, Jim Furyk, you know, so to kind of be able to share that whole thing, Marco Mira was on that team. So the name's Jeff Maggart. Um, anyway, just to be able to share it with, with all of those guys, uh, you know, and celebrate the victory and uh, enjoy the battle together. I mean, that's what kind of makes it special. And, uh, you know, certainly one of the, I think that Sunday may be the most exciting day of golf I've ever experienced. Mm. No matter what, no matter what, if it, you know, major championships, uh, Whatever it might be, I, I think uh, that Sunday was, it was probably the top one day ever. And, and you had a phenomenal coach or a phenomenal captain in Ben Crenshaw. What did he tell yeah. you guys that night before that uh, that kind of got you guys going or fired up? You know, he didn't really say a whole lot. You know, we I think more than that, we we watched you know from the locker room. We watched the press conference. So you know, we finished the the day's play on Saturday. And everybody was sitting in the locker room. There's snacks in there and drinks, and, and everybody was kind of just unwinding and you know getting something to eat. And, 
and watching Ben, uh, who was over in the media room and listening to his, his interview. And, uh, you know, I, we all remember him, you know, kind of looking, leaning forward and pointing his finger and, you know, just saying that, uh, you know, the, um, that the country club has always been good to Americans and the 17th hole in particular has always been good to Americans, but the country club has always been good to Americans. And, and that I've got a good feeling about this, <laughs> you know? So I think the, you know, that whole attitude of, you know, cause Ben is a little bit, you know, mystical. It's a little bit, um, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's bagger Vance before there was bagger Vance type thing. You know, he's, he's that kind of, uh, a guy and, and, and not a, and, and, but in the best of all possible ways where you actually believe what he says, you actually believe, you know, because he's so genuine, he's so real. And that's so to hear him say that he had a good feeling and that, you know, the course has always been good to Americans. It gave everybody a lot of hope. And then I got to, you know, then going forward to the next morning, actually, sorry, just a little bit later when the draw came out, I think everybody looked at the draw and said, Holy smokes, you know what? We can, you know, we, we can, you know, we can win this thing. I, you know, we all kind of felt clearly that, we had the best, uh, the best player in nearly every match and that we could actually get off and maybe win the first six or seven or eight matches in a row. And, uh, which I think is exactly what happened. And I remember years later, yes, like Jesper Parnick was telling me that he was on the, the driving range warming up that Sunday morning and looked at the, at the pairings and he turned to Lance Tembrook, which is caddy and says, Lance, there's no way we can win. I don't even think we're going to win one match today. This is a, wow. there's no way we, we can win this. Really? You know, and he was pretty, wow. he was pretty much right. And you <laughs> led the charge, right? If I remember right, you were first out. Yeah, I was first, first off against Lee Westwood. And, and then the second off was, uh, Darren Clark played, uh, Hal Sutton. And, you know, we were, I thought we were big, um, favorites in those matches for the simple fact that they both had played every match up to that point. And, uh, you know, I watched, um, I actually played, we actually played them, uh, Phil and I on, Saturday and they were just absolutely worn out. I mean, they were, you could see they were just so tired. So I kind of feel like, um, you know, that's so much golf and, and, uh, I felt like we were both relatively fresh and, and playing well. And, and so we were the, the favorites in those matches simply because, uh, they're fatigued. And then, uh, which was actually the case. We both won pretty easily. And then the, the route was on. <laughs> so great. And then of course, Justin Leonard rolling in that putt and, uh, the, the scene that ensued is, is one that's just, uh, I think we talked to you at the time and you, you know, the Europeans kind of threw some sour grapes on there, but I remember you saying it was just pure joy. It, there was no script there. It just, it just, the moment overtook you. And that was just a, a natural reaction. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, would you expect the Patriots? you know, coming from 35 points down against the Falcons to just kind of sit there and go, oh, well, just another win. You know, no, I think you saw emotion, you know, when they finally won that game or took the lead. Um, you know, in sports, you, you just, you know, when you're laying it all out there and there's so much emotion and so much passion and the crowd gets behind you, there's virtually no way to to not be uh, emotional about what's going on on the, on the, the field of play. And, you know, so it's, uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, it was like 43 seconds uh, of people kind of piling on Justin Leonard before Jose Maria could kind of get down to business, which I think if we all could do it over, we would take those 43 seconds back. But uh, I really don't think at the end of the day that it really um, affected anybody all that much. And um, Jose Maria is a professional. He handled like a professional and nobody stepped in his line. So, you know, 
that's part of part of sports deal with it. All right, that was Tom Lehman. Uh, what a great interview! Some really good insights. I can't believe he shared the yes Perparnovic comment. Oh, there. that was awesome. Uh, I, I, I mean, love it. We, we we're not going. We have no chance. Basically, is what he's saying. We have no chance to win. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Well, that segment is brought to you in part by Hoops Vision. Go to hoopsvision.com. Schedule your free consultation today. They're being very careful. Most of their stuff is shut down right now, but it's a good opportunity to get on the calendar because once it opens back up, I've been talking to Doctor Hoops, and uh, he's expecting to be slammed. Everyone's going to want to get in and get it done. So, uh, schedule your free consultation. Mention Real Golf Radio when you sign up, and you'll save a thousand dollars on your LASIK procedure. These guys are the best. They're right here in Salt Lake City, and this is the place uh, where you want to go and get your eyes fixed this year at HoopsVision at HoopsVision.com. We'll take a short break. Day in a life, what it's like to be a tour pro, a tour rep, I should say, on the PGA Tour. That's coming up next right here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus it's one of those moments you'll always remember the first tee can teach young people how to hit a driver or how to stop a ball out of a bunker but true success is measured by how well they perform off the golf course by how well they use values like confidence perseverance and integrity in their daily lives the first tee helps young men and women become better golfers but even more important better people get involved visit the first 
Hey, ever wonder how your favorite golf courses in Utah look so good? Pros and golf superintendents agree you should turn to Mountainland Supply for your turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? When you need irrigation products for your lawn, you can trust Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but they can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Want to feel the need for speed on the golf course? Come into Uinta Golf and check out the new Cobra Speed Zone Drivers, Fairways, Irons, and Hybrids. The new King Speed Zone Driver and King Speed Zone Extreme Driver has been designed to go as fast and straight as possible. New Speed Zone King SC is Cobra's first ever carbon fiber iron line that delivers maximum speed, power, and forgiveness. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new Cobra Speed Zone Series golf club. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you here in the Mountainland Supply Hour of the show. It's brought to you in part by Siegfried and Jensen, 801-222-2222, 801-222-2222, Siegfried and Jensen. As we mentioned, uh, we had a chance to catch up with Johnny Thompson. He's the tour rep for Callaway Golf out on the PGA Tour and wanted to find out a little bit about how he got into the gig, what his life is like out there, and some of the inside stories of working with the best players in the world. So if this is your dream job, listen up. Uh, Pretty interesting insights here from Johnny Thompson. Hey, Johnny, how are you, man? Yeah, good. Thanks, guys. For, uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's good. Really fun to visit with you. So you kind of heard my little intro there. I mean, am, am I far off? Is it is it is it all glamour out there, or is it is it a job and traveling around and day to day stuff that you sort of become accustomed to? Well, yeah. I mean, it's a job's a job. Every job has amazing perks, and you know, there's things about everybody else's job that they probably little things here and there that they don't like or are annoying. But I mean, I am pretty lucky and pretty um, I mean I, I'm, I'm thankful to have the, the position I have because I absolutely love my job and I love the company I work for so I, I am very lucky but yeah I mean you're always gonna have your good and your bad days in any role uh, in life so but uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything else that's for sure yeah you get to travel around and see um, see all the tour stops on the PGA tour um, the majors all that kind of stuff and rub shoulders with the best players in the world. It's it. What else could be bad about this whole position? <laughs> yeah. And you've done this, Bob. You're asking I have that. This, yes. <laughs> he's not even going to answer that. He's going to, he's, he's going to leave it at that. So, but, but I have heard stories of Johnny. I've heard stories. Bob and I've been doing the show for 21 years now, and I've heard lots of stories about the food in New Orleans, about, uh, you know, the opportunities that were back in the day to, they, I think Bob heard the story about the Eagles tickets, Bob, and staying at somewhere at congressional and all these, I mean, there, there are some pretty cool stuff about hanging with that group of folks, huh? No, it is. It's, it's, it's really fun. Cause I mean, I grew up a golfer, uh, I'm, I'm, I love the game of golf. So naturally, uh, you know, just being in that arena is exciting for me because I love the game. And, and, um, you know, some of the guys, when I first started out there, uh, the guys that I've watched on TV or look up to, or, you know, maybe mimics my golf swing or, or the way I approach the game after. So it was really, it was pretty surreal to be working with those guys that I was kind of, you know, trying not to fanboy too hardcore when I would, when I met them <laughs> for the first time. Um, but then now, now I've been out there for, I think I started this in my 10th year on the PGA tour. So it's wow. kind of funny. Like I actually, I guess I feel kind of old out there at times, you know, like you see guys like, 
uh, you know, Sam Burns and, and uh, Joaquin Neiman and some of these like really young guys that come out of college early or, or in Joaquin's case, not even at all. And, and they uh, set the world afire. It's just, uh, it's funny. Cause I mean, they're so much younger than I am and I still feel kind of young, but I guess I'm not. Yeah, it hits us quick. Johnny Thompson tore up for Callaway Golf. So tell us your story. I mean, you mentioned being a golfer. I know you live in Florida and you do some surfing. Tell us your your story. How did you how did you come up through golf and end up being this being a rep for Callaway? Yeah, um, I played college golf at the University of North Florida, and um, you know, I was a very mediocre college player. And then I, you know, I, but I wanted to try. I wanted to play out of school. I gave myself three years, ended up giving myself one bonus year. So I played professionally for four years and, uh, Hooters tour and, you know, all the, all the mini tours around Florida and the Southeast, um, to the, uh, the Iowa stretch there at Waterloo and Cedar Rapids and those oh, five times, but, played that tournament uh, a few times. Yeah. Uh, oh, such a fun town. I, we joked around <laughs> that was my favorite town to the cut in. <laughs> I'd like to have dinner um, with you. <laughs> yeah. We, oh, yeah. We, we could share some stories. good stories together. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent. But yeah, I, uh, so after playing, um, you know, I, I played for four years and again, I was mediocre at professional golf as well. And just, uh, decided it was done being broke. And, um, and I was lucky enough to interview with Callaway at the PGA show, uh, for, a for an opening back at the headquarters as a club specialist, um, mainly just doing club fittings with, with, uh, consumers that would come in and, and want to get fitted for Callaway golf clubs. And I did that for a year and a half. And then a position opened up in the tour department to work on the LPGA tour. And I, uh, was lucky enough to get that role. And I, I worked out there for two years, uh, on the LPGA tour. And then I moved to the corn Ferry tour for a year. And then after that moved to the PGA tour, which I think I'm, like I said, I think I'm, I think it was my 10th year. Um, so kind of, Kind of went from like a playing career somewhat to into a, uh, an arena that I was extremely familiar with. My dad played professionally, uh, played on the tour in the 70s and early 80s. And uh, my mom teaches golf still to this day for a living. So it's kind of been in my DNA whether I wanted it or not. That's really cool. Is, is there much difference in working with the players on each particular tour that you've been on? Uh, y- yeah. Yeah, there's, there's differences. I mean, when you're um, – you know, the LPGA tour, uh, I have no problem saying is one of the, is by far the nicest group of professional athletes I've ever worked with. They're, uh, just great people. It's a great tour. Um, kind of joke called the please and thank you tour. They're so nice. <laughs> and, uh, but it, 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 I really enjoyed my time out there. Um, and then, uh, corn Ferry tour was awesome because it's such a young kind of eager, fresh out of school, um, you know, guys that are just excited to have somebody there to help them with equipment. You know, a lot of those guys have never experienced that before. Um, so it, they're just really eager to have me be a part of their team and, and help them in any which way that I could. And then on the PJ tour, it, it's the same, but it's just, the, it takes a little bit longer to sort of work your way into these circles because each player has a very tight, uh, tight knit circle and they, they just don't open up the doors to. So as, um, you know, you put, you put your time in out, uh, out there and you get to know these guys and, 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 you know, they realize that you're there, um, you know, that you're quality help and, um, you know, nobody knows Callaway equipment better than the tour reps. So we, uh, it just takes a while, a little bit longer out there to sort of gain their trust. And you feel like you have to earn it a little bit more out there, um, which I have no problem, uh, you know, putting in the time for. Uh, but it just seems like it, those kind of things take a little bit longer on the PGA Tour. 
Johnny Thompson's tour rep for Callaway Golf joining us here on Real Golf Radio. It's kind of a dream job for for many golfers out there. So take us through uh, the job. What's a typical week like out there at a regular tour event? Yeah, we um, so most of the full time tour reps we, we're between forty and forty five weeks a year uh, on the road. At some point, uh, it might not all forty to forty five be PGA Tour events. Some of those could be, you know. Um, we could do fitting events in the off season when new product comes out, things like that. But we generally spend um, close to 45 weeks uh, on the road. Now the week's split in half. I, uh, I usually leave on the second to last or last flight out of Daytona beach and uh, fly to the, uh, the tour event. Um, and then uh, we work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, usually around one to two o'clock, uh, all the trucks start, start popping in. And the trucks pull out. A lot of tournaments have a set time that the trucks have to leave because uh, just logistically there could be issues with getting all those big trucks out of the parking lot or, you know, out onto a road or however it be. Um, sometimes we'll have to stop traffic. So uh, we have a, a, a jam-packed week. Uh, Monday is sun up to sundown. Tuesday, sun up to sundown. And then uh, Wednesday you have about till, you know, till one thirty or 2 to get all those things done that you have to uh, in the work week. All right, that was Johnny Thompson, and it's brought to you in part by you went to golf, serving Utah golfers since 1971. Home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go see our friends up and down the Wasatch Front at you went to golf. Short break, more Real Golf continues next. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried & Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. Temperatures are dropping, and you know what that means. Frozen pipes, busted sprinklers, and worse. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard that will last this time. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird Golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate their golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest to you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. 
Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world renowned and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to hoopsvision.com right now and schedule your free consultation and mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. Hi, fellow sports fans. It's Ned Siegfried. What would we do without sports? Following our favorite sports teams, whether it be the Jazz or the Utes or the Cougs, takes our mind off the many challenges in life. Accidents and their resulting injuries are certainly unexpected challenges that many people are forced to deal with. If you're one of these people, we'd love to talk to you about your situation. Call us at 801-222-2222. We'll talk to you for free. Or visit us at SiegfriedandJensen.com. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. Reshape your golf game at Uinta Golf with the new TaylorMade Sim Family. The new Sim Shape and Motion Series is here, featuring the Sim, Sim Max, and Sim Max D-type drivers, fairways, and rescues. Sim Woods have been reshaped to increase your distance and swing speed, while the Sim Irons are made so you no longer have to compromise distance and feel. Get custom fit today and receive a 50% bonus trade-in towards any new TaylorMade Sim Series golf club. Now at Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day satisfaction guarantee. It's a reround on Real Golf Radio with Brian Taylor and Bob Casper. All right, welcome back. Continuing our conversation with Johnny Thompson, Callaway Tour Rep on the PGA Tour, and it's brought to you in part by Zion's Bank. We haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. More Johnny Thompson and the day in the life of a tour rep. Uh, I mentioned how exciting or stressful is it uh, working with these best players in the world, especially knowing that they're relying on what you're building for them and the equipment that you're providing them to really make history and, and compete at the highest level in our sport. Yeah, it, it, it is stressful. Um, I know on the outside it, you could look at it and say, Oh, wow. You just get to hang out with, you know, famous golfers and, you know, try different golf clubs. Like it's, but it's, it's a lot more uh, than that. We, uh, definitely there's a lot of pride that goes into it and there's a lot of expectations that we have of ourselves and that you know our management has of us and um you know there's there's times where you really are kind of stressed out making sure that a guy's truly in the uh you know the product that's going to help him play his best um yeah yeah do, (laughs) do you get nervous or there is times you know where like I'll tell you a perfect example is uh, a player that maybe you haven't quite entered that circle of trust, you know, where you really, you can say what you need, you want to say and not fear that, you know, you could upset them or whatever. But when you're in that circle, if a guy's hitting his driver and says, we got to do some driver work and you step up on the tee and you watch five balls fly and, and you know, immediately like this isn't a driver issue. This is a player issue. So it's, you know, having, having the relationship, having the history of, of them knowing that they, you've watched them hit many a golf balls over the years. And, you know, 
being able to say, Hey, you know, you're, you're so out of sync right now. Uh, you know, however you want to, you know, whatever swing flaw they could have, like it, being able to say that is like a, a, a huge relief so that you don't just go chasing down a road that, uh, you know, you end up compensating for yeah. a, a build, you know, that a week later they're swinging better. And now that, you know, the driver's not acting right again. So it's the, the stressful part is just kind of, you know, there's those moments where you need to be able to have the, the, the trust and the confidence to, to say, Hey, you know, this is, this is a you problem. This isn't a club problem. And then, you know, the other times it is a club problem and it's, it's time to go to work. It's time to lean on those things that you learned over the years. And, you know, uh, cause and effect is a huge thing for us. And uh, understanding cause and effect, it really makes club fitting a lot easier. Um, so I'd say that those are probably the, the, the most stressful times are just when a guy's maybe a little bit off, but you got to kind of tiptoe around it and not <laughs> upset him. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that'd be a hard conversation to have. Yeah, one of the best players in the world, and you go up to, hey, it's not the club, it's you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Maybe. Or how or how about the times when when a guy, it's it's Wednesday morning, maybe comes off the golf course at 11 o'clock, you're going to be rolling out pretty quick, and he's he's saying, hey, I need a new driver. you got to build me a new club. Oh, yeah. I have um, uh, w- one example was uh, <laughs> I remember I was at the Dallas airport, and um, for the first five years on the PJ Tour, I was the Odyssey rep for Callaway. So I did all putters, everything, all putters, <laughs> all day, every day. Everything was about Odyssey putters. And uh, that was a really fun job because it was, it was cool to be real specific and real um, in an in in area where I could get really deep into to putter design and, and, and putting strokes and, and uh you know, the physics of putters and it, it was very cool, but I had, uh, I had one player and probably figure out who it is at the end of the story. But, uh, he, um, <laughs> he had putted with the same putter that I fit him into on the corn Ferry tour the year before he had putted with the same thing and lit it up, you know, got his, got his card, uh, graduated the PGA tour. This is my rookie year on the PGA tour as well with him. And through the first like quarter of the year, um, putted well but hadn't quite lit it up like he did and then he went on like a two or three week just cold as ice and he, he was like hey I, I need to look at something new I said no problem and it was he used a belly putter and so he used the same belly putter forever we made a new uh, a new putter with a with a different head on it and I get to the uh he Monday Tuesday watch him putt everything looked great uh, Wednesday, he's not in the pro-ams because he's a rookie and, uh, he's off site and somewhere off site, there's a teacher that was there and they videoed one of his putts and the ball was definitely in this video was launching way higher than it should have been and, and higher than it was on Monday or Tuesday. So whether he changed his ball position or he didn't know it or whatever, but I get this video from the player at like two thirty, and I'm sitting in the Delta sky club and I mean, he's <laughs> losing it. He's like, I, I don't know what to do, man. I'm freaking out. Uh, like, I, what, what should I do? And I was like, Oh my God, like trying to get this guy off the ledge. And, uh, <laughs> and I said, Hey, look, you know, your gamer is set up. You know, the thing is perfect. It's been cold, but you know, it rolls the ball as good as you can roll a golf ball. I was like, just go back to your gamer. Don't like, we'll, we'll address this, this issue next week with the new putter. I said, but go back to your gamer. And he's like, all right, that's a good, all right, I'm in. Uh, uh, everything's fine. It's cool. And, 
And I text him like when I land, I was like, are you still, are you good with this? He's like, absolutely. Uh, I know it'll, it'll roll fine. I can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, he ended up winning that week and that, and then later went on that at the end of that year to become the first player to ever win a major with a belly putter. And I always laugh and think back. Cause I was like, Oh my God. Like if he, if, if that guy, whoever that guy was that filmed his ball and told him like, Hey, that ball's not rolling. Right. Like send him into this complete down spiral. Uh, I mean, who knows? Like, I don't know if, who if he would have had a bad putting week and then would have been lost. And I, it's just funny, but that was, I always think back to that. That was one of the funnier interactions I've had with a player. That's cool. That's classic. That's awesome. Uh, Johnny Thompson joining us here. He's tore up for Callaway golf. And uh, that, that's a great story. I, I was thinking if somebody, if you said it, it's a you problem, I'm wondering if you like, is there a code? Like, you know, maybe we had to just change that grip. Uh, is that kind of like code yeah. for <laughs> everything? It's a you problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe we need to, yeah, that, that grip is bad mojo. We need to put some freshy, uh, freshy tape under it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good, I might actually use that. Hey. <laughs> that's pretty good. Go for it. <laughs> Go. Um, hey, I thought, you know, you, you just gave a, a great illustration of, of working some, with some players out there, but um, what what is, the, here's an interesting one, and maybe, maybe this, I would guess with Callaway and, and the success you've had with your drivers over the last several years that this probably happens, but what what is that, the political scene like, right? Because I've seen, I mean, we've been out there on tour, the trailers are all parked together. When somebody who's under contract with another equipment company suddenly walks in your truck and is like, hey, I want to... Why don't you build me up one of those new drivers you got there? How, like, what is that that like? And does it get a little bit, uh, I guess, tense with the other reps out there from the other companies? Yeah, I mean, we've experienced this now for the last few years, and it really started with um, with the Epic driver uh, when we when we put the jailbreak technology and and saw these ball speeds just jump up dramatically, and then to Rogue into flash uh, with the AI face and now in Maverick with AI face and jailbreak like those technologies had absolutely like sped us up in terms of non-staff usage players from outside uh, outside the Callaway family asking us if you know if they could test our driver and and this year has probably been um, let's say the the highest amount of uh, attention we've ever had with the Maverick driver we got some some really good players that aren't on staff with us right now using the driver and, and using it very well. Uh, and that helps us a lot in the locker room. So yeah, we, we, we are seeing more and more of those uh, non Callaway hats stroll onto the truck. But in terms of between the reps, I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a small, small school out there. We, uh, you really don't want to, it, it's more, it's more healthy to be friends with everybody. Um, yeah. I've seen, I've seen reps out there that go out there and because they work for this company and, you know, screw everybody else. I'm going to be a jerk to you. Like those guys don't last long. Mm. And, uh, and then, so we're, it's actually extremely cordial. It we're extremely competitive. Um, you know, I want to, I want Callaway to have the number one driver in play. I want him to be number one fairway in play that I want to have the number one iron, so on and so forth. Like, but at the same time, you know, we're all, we're all out there to do a job and to do it with respect and, um, in class. And, and to be honest, it's really, it, there's a lot of that out there between, you know, other companies and ours. Um, I know if, if a player comes onto our truck and I know that he is contractually obligated to use his company's driver. I mean, there's a couple of companies that 
I will, I will say, Hey, yeah, no problem. But, uh, and I'll go talk to their tour manager and say, Hey, just so you know, um, he came on the truck, we're going to build it. Cause he asked us to, I just want to give you a heads up. And, and there's companies that will do the same for us. So, um, there's a lot of respect out there. And, 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 and then in that sense, it's, it makes it even more fun to work because it, it would be kind of gross if it was real backstabby and kind of mm-hmm. like high school gossipy, you know, like childish stuff like that happening. But it, it really is quite respectful. Um, but yeah, a little I bit mean, more like a family. Yeah. Cause you know, there, and then there's times where, you know, um, another company's truck might break down, like their generator goes out They're, They can't use any other electronic equipment. Like, they're going to come on our truck and ask if they can borrow a piece of equipment. Absolutely. Like we're all, we're all there to help. We're all there to do a job and we want to help everybody out. But you know, at the same time too, we're, you know, they could come on a truck and at the same time we're trying to figure out how to get, you know, a Callaway driver into, <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. somebody, maybe a, a guy that plays their driver at the time. That's an open, open bag, you know, a non-staffer that company. We're trying to figure out how to get our driver in. In, in their hands and test it because we feel pretty confident that if we can just get in the bag for the test that we uh, will win. Hey, Johnny, before we let you go, uh, were you involved with the Henrik Stenson three-wood swap, you know, when that magical three-wood finally broke? Because uh, that was an interesting story, and it feels to me, I mean, help me with my, my theory, is, is that three-woods are oftentimes the, the toughest club to switch a player. They, if they get a good three-wood, a lot of times they'll stick with it. Henrik Stenson, obviously, uh, is a great example. But is that true? And what was it like with Henrik, if you were involved with that? Yeah. Um, uh, well, first off, yes, three-woods are extremely difficult to replace. If the guys have the same three-wood and play for more than a couple of years, you know you got your hands full when, you know, each each January, February, you get new product out and, you know, we want our guys using new product and, uh, and you know, if the guys have the same through for two or three years, it's, that's going to be an uphill battle. It just, it, it's a funny club because of the dynamics that it's used. I mean, it's the only club really that is re- repeatedly used in two completely different conditions, you know, the ball off the ground and the ball on the ground. So there's, there's a lot of different things about three woods and how they perform and where, it, you know, one can be so good off the deck and then off the tee, it's terrible or vice versa. So, Three woods are tough. A guy finds one he likes, and a lot of times he doesn't want to switch, like Henrik Stenson, who uh, made that Diablo Octane three wood about as famous as a three wood could get. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was. Um, so when his, his broke, um, he had a couple weeks off, and he lives in Lake Nona. I live about an hour or so away from there. So um, yeah, I built a few things up, and it was, um, let's see, it was right before age, maybe the WGC last year. Um, and, um, went over and spent some time with them. And, you know, we, we, we had no problem supplying him with Diablo Octane, uh, three woods, you know, cause he would break them at times, you know, he hits them a lot and he practices a lot to the faces eventually give with that kind of speed and precision on impact location. Um, but we just, I mean, we flat out, like we just didn't have any more. I mean, these things were like eight, nine, ten years old, maybe, um, and, uh, and he, he had run out too. He ran through a few of the ones that he had gotten off of eBay or, or wherever it was the last <laughs> few years that he was trying to collect them. But, um, yeah, and our, our flash three, we had so much success with the flash fairway model. So, um, I went over there at Lake Nona, we spent some time and, and he had one, one Diablo that he, uh, Diablo Octane that was a backup, but he didn't like it as much. And, um, we dialed in a flash uh, 13, five sub zero, uh, with the new true temper, uh, smoke green shaft. And 
it outperformed all the others. We tested a few other options, um, but it actually outperformed the Diablo that he had, which he knew wasn't as good as his gamer that he had for the longest time. But um, it was nice that the Flash was able to outperform it. And, um, yeah, he, we left in a pretty good place. And um, we actually did driver work that week, that week too, and he switched drivers. Um, but he went. I think he played well at WGC. And then his next event, I think, was Hero, uh, the Tigers event, which he won. Yeah. And, which was funny because he wins that event on Sunday and on Tuesday I'm scheduled to meet him in Orlando to introduce the Maverick product to him. And we just got him in a brand and a new flash driver <laughs> and a new flash three wood. And he's holding the trophy on Sunday. And now on Tuesday we're high fiving and, you know, sharing, you know, he's telling some stories about some of the things that happened, you know, during that final round and, and we're laughing and, you know, just happy. And you know, it's like, all right, well, let's get you out of that thing. <laughs> get you into the Maverick, baby. <laughs> get you yeah. in a new one. It's Yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, Henrik is um, easily one of the greatest people I've ever worked with on equipment. He's he's fun. He's obviously he's a machine. So he's easy to test with because he, he basically gives you the same swing over and over and over. It's really quick and easy to determine if something uh, is working or if it isn't. And then, um, it, you know, it's been reported, but he is one of the funniest people on the planet. All right. Really good stuff. Great content. Uh, really fun show for the first couple of hours. Thank you so much for spending some time with us every Saturday morning, six to nine, right here on 1280 The Zone. He's Bob Casper. I'm Brian Taylor. Dave Glauser is our producer and certainly appreciate the team and being able to still bring you some content, hopefully a little bit of a diversion and some entertainment and some insight there. And it's brought to you in part by Mountainland Supply, your uh, turf irrigation supplier. If you want to have your yard look as good as your favorite golf course, then shop with the pro shop at Mountainland Supply. Go to Mountainland Supply supply.com Bob uh, you know as we've been hunkered down here trying to get out and you know swing the club a little bit but you know one of the things I've gotten really good at is mm-hmm. uh, working on some some backyard uh, barbecue getting that yeah. smoker fired up yeah I saw that I, I I went down the road on a brisket I don't know why I'm so intimidated but I finally did it and <laughs> and I I even went I uh, had my first try at some burn ends and there they, you go they oh man my and, and here's what I found interesting my girls said it was their absolute favorite thing I've ever done is the brisket. And you'd say, well, of course it is. But, I mean, I've done some mean tri-tip. We've done all kinds of good steaks right, and burgers right. and chicken and yada, yada. And they loved the brisket. And it's got a little more smoky flavor to it, a little bit of a kick to it, um, by, by the way, that it, the, the rub that I put on it and so forth. But they absolutely loved it. It turned out great. I don't know why I was so intimidated, but it's just getting the right cuts and the right trimming on it. And once you yeah. do that, man, you just you let the, the, the pellet smoker do its job. In my case, it was the odor and uh, got from uh, Barbecue Pit Stop and, you know, the rub from Barbecue Pit Stop. Barbecue sauce, got the Womp barbecue sauce from Barbecue Pit Stop. And Womp? Womp, yeah. Yeah, from Meat Mitch. It's, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, the names are part of the fun stuff. So I know, that's, it's the best. Uh, so anything yeah, you need I, with uh, rub sauces, your grills, your smokers, yeah. anything you need, the yeah. pellets. I even went and got a sweetheart turkey roast we're going to do this weekend. Um, so Awesome. I've, you know, it's it's amazing. I find out, I find myself stocking up stuff in the freezer. You know, I've got a sweetheart turkey roast and I've got a brisket in there and I've got uh, a prime rib roast in there and I've got um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, pork shoulders. I found pork shoulders this week and and got a, got a two pack of that. So I've got stuff in there. For weeks to come, <laughs> stocking up uh, for anything 
crazier that's going to happen in this life right well, now. Well, make sure you got pellets then so that you can oh, smoke I do. it all. Don't all right. worry. All right, there you go. <laughs> now, if you need any supplies, go to our friends at Barbecue Pit Stop and barbecuepitstop.com. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us. Again, uh, thanks to everybody for joining us. If you missed any part of the show, go to our Twitter handle, at Real Golf. Give us a follow and listen there or you're in any of your favorite podcast site. Uh, for Dave Glauser, for Bob Casper, I'm Brian Taylor. Stay healthy out there. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you soon right here on Real Golf Radio. Thanks for listening to Brian and Bob on Real Golf Radio. Join us on Twitter at Real Golf or on our website at realgolfradio.com. It's been real. 